Welcome to the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast, a podcast about the big and little issues that come with living with cancer. I'm Catherine White, a stage four colon cancer thriver, passionate about supporting others who have faced a cancer diagnosis and are looking to feel empowered in taking back control of their health and happiness. My own health scare helped me to learn more about myself and how to live with cancer, and it led me to become a cancer support coach so I can help others through the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and all the crazy things that come with life with cancer. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back, everyone. Today is episode 1.6 of the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast. Today I'm sharing some thoughts on body image when you have cancer. How a person who's experienced cancer and the surgeries and the side effects that come with it is a unique experience. Our bodies can go through significant changes as a result of our cancer care. As the warmer weather is approaching at the time of this recording, it seems relevant to discuss. Now that's not to say that body image and the emotion around it is not felt throughout the year. I just noticed in myself the feeling coming up of bringing out the shorts and the tank tops and the sundresses and the bathing suits. The smaller the clothes, the more the skin and body shape is exposed. So I thought it would be worth addressing why this can be an issue and how to potentially navigate this topic. I think there's a number of issues related to this. So I've got a little list here and this is certainly not exclusive, but I felt like some of the big things were scars, changes to the body shape from surgeries, weight gain and weight loss rashes from medication and treatments, and hair loss. And again, I'm sure there's more, including the issues that are psychological and cannot be seen by others, but that is an entirely different episode. When you're living with cancer, the primary concern obviously is surviving, and so much energy goes into doing what you have to do to get healthy again. But there is another side to cancer, and that's the real human factor. And this is what I talk about in my cancer support coaching program is this human piece that I try to bridge from the medical system to where you are in your life right now. And part of that human factor is how you look. People might think that this should be the least of your concerns because survival clearly is what everybody is considering, but really it's a thing because we're humans living a human experience who are just trying to find some sort of normal in amongst all of the chaos. Let's be honest, people notice other people on a good day, but people really notice other people when they look different or they stand out. Some body changes are easier to hide than others. Some could be managed through reconstructive surgeries, but some are just so obvious that you can't hide them. So let's start with one that seems to be a bone of contention in society in general, and that's weight. In general, we tend to be very aware of and dare I say judgmental of people's weight. When it comes to cancer, we often associate it with weight loss, which is a real thing. But there are also people who gain weight as a result of medications, treatments, and immobility. I feel like this one is really relatable to people without cancer because of the whole visual part. People see when your weight has changed. You see when your weight has changed. And when a person is experiencing cancer, they're already feeling the overwhelm of appointments, treatments, disempowerment, and so much more. Some people make an effort to get out and do things to try to have a little bit of normal in their life, but putting on clothes that no longer fit can be a real shocker, especially if it's seasonal clothing that's been tucked away. 
that dress or those shorts that fit last summer may no longer be your size. And this is a significant realization that your body has changed. And as I said, in our society, body image and weight plays a pretty big role. Now, weight loss is often related to lack of appetite or inability to eat. It's really important to eat well during cancer. Nutrition is often one of the front lines of support. And as a cancer support coach, I work with my clients to help them have a nutritious and balanced meal program that will support their health behind their weight. Weight gain, on the other hand, is a whole different story. This is often medication or treatment related, so there isn't a fix like changing how you eat or adding in foods or adding in calories. And people will say, oh, it'll drop off when you're done treatment or don't worry about that, it's normal. But what I want to share is that this is likely said with good intentions, but it doesn't change how the recipient of the statement feels. And when imagining yourself in the future is already hard, Imagining yourself on the other side of treatment and quote-unquote back to normal can be really difficult. So it's just really important to keep in mind that weight loss and weight gain can have a, a serious impact on how a person feels about themselves when they're living with cancer. The next big one is hair loss, and we have all probably experienced people who have lost their hair due to treatments. It's a pretty obvious side effect of treatment. And again, if we look at the conditioning of society in relation to body image and marketing, hair is a big one. Always perfect, glossy, styled, and flowy in the magazines and on TV. We are surrounded by images of people looking stunning in their well-coiffed locks. But hair loss can happen as a side effect of chemotherapy, targeted therapy, radiation therapy, or a stem cell or bone marrow transplant. Now, not everyone loses their hair. I didn't because that wasn't a side effect of my particular chemotherapy. It thinned out a bit and I could see it, you know, in the shower or on my pillow, but that was it. But what was weird and interesting all at the same time was that I lost my nose hairs. Welcome to my chronic runny nose that I couldn't even tell was running because of my lack of nose hair. So feeling crappy, losing weight, and snot running down my face. I really feel like I made quite the picture. And my kids would have to say to me, um, mom, your nose is running. Seriously, who knew nose hair was so critical? That, having said that, is inconsequential compared to what other cancer patients experience when they lose all of their hair. So when the hair starts to fall out, there's decisions that really you need to make. And that can be a huge conversation in your own mind about how to approach this, what to do, what to think, how to talk about it with other people, how to even do it if you're going to get rid of your hair, if you're going to take it off yourself. Do you keep it or do you shave it? Do you wear a hat or a bandana? Do you invest in a wig or just go without the wig? These are big decisions. And when you're already feeling uncomfortable in your own body, having to hide what is happening, if that's what you feel like you need to do, or find the thing that doesn't make you sweat like crazy, or look at affordability of products like wigs is just another layer. This isn't just a physical appearance thing either. As I said, hair is a big thing in marketing, movies, images, and magazines. And when you don't have it, it's very noticeable. There's a whole emotional part to this topic that may be overlooked by others. 
identity, self-esteem, standing out in a crowd, all of these are real issues. So hair loss, as much as it might not seem like a big thing, is actually a huge decision or not decision that a person who's living with cancer has to live with. It requires some empathy on the part of friends and family, and it requires the person who has to make that decision to really feel like they are doing what is best for themselves. Next is skin issues, which is another piece of the cancer puzzle. This can include things like rashes, discoloration, and scarring. Now let's be honest, the medication that we're given as cancer patients is pretty potent stuff. After all, it's designed to kill cancer cells. So it should come as no surprise that it kills other or damages healthy cells too. So back to the hair for a moment, this is why hair falls out. Hair cells have a pretty high turnover rate and because of that, every time they grow, they get impacted by the chemotherapy or the radiation and so they die off and the hair falls out. It's a real issue when you're living with cancer. So back to the skin piece as a part of cells and cellular turnover, um, if skin can be impacted by treatments and it can be not so severe to very severe and it can be uncomfortable and it can be noticeable. And as I said, you know, as we're starting to move into shorts and t-shirts and bathing suits, having a rash on your skin is something that people will be able to see. So some people might struggle with the visible changes or symptoms that are caused by a skin condition. So again, those chemotherapies and targeted therapies, immunotherapies, radiation, they all can have an impact on your skin. And people might experience a rash that looks um, like acne or it might look like measles. And thankfully, there are treatments that you can apply to these rashes. But for the person with the rash, it can be really embarrassing to have spots or blotches on your skin that are visible to others. Again, people may ask and you may be comfortable answering, but at the same time, you might not. Another skin issue is dry and itchy skin. This side effect is more common for people with uh, cancers of the blood, such as leukemia, lymphoma, and multiple myeloma. Dry and itchy skin is also very common for people going through chemotherapy, targeted therapy, radiation therapy, and bone marrow transplants, as I've mentioned. Recommendations for people who want to help are great. So your friends may feel like, oh, I've got this cream or I picked up this thing at the store and this would be really good for you. But I suggest that you avoid any perfumed or highly chemical products. Stick to natural moisturizers like shea butter or coconut oil that are fragrance free and chemical free. And I've referenced before in previous podcast episodes that everything you put on your skin matters. It gets absorbed into your cells and then circulated into your body. So you want to be really aware of the ingredients in anything that you're putting on your skin in order to help it heal. Then there's the concept of photosensitivity, which is sensitivity to light. So what do you do when the pool or the beach is calling? The sun and warmth can feel really good on your skin, but it's not so great for your skin at the same time. And I feel like this one can be a little bit more manageable. Floppy hats can be fun. Big umbrellas can provide shade. Loose fitting clothing can protect and be cooling. Um, And you can wear sunscreen. But 
maybe you don't want to wear sunscreen. Remember that chemical piece? I know when I was in chemotherapy, I invested in a good quality natural zinc-based sunscreen. It was a very clean product and it didn't leave me pasty white. It actually blended in really well. Now granted, it was a bit pricey, but I really wanted to be able to be outside and feel the sun on my skin for short periods of time, so it was an investment in myself. And I'm going to link the brand that I used in the show notes. It's called ThinkSport. And of course, then there's the conversation when it relates to skin and your body around physical scars that can come from surgeries. Personally, my belly is a roadmap. Four abdominal surgeries later, plus my portacath scar, plus the fish hook scar on my back from lung surgery and all the polka dot scars from tubes and drains leaves me well marked and depending on what I'm wearing, there is no hiding these scars. Now let me tell you a real conversation that happened with me. I was in a yoga teacher training and I was wearing a tank top. At this point, I was very comfortable with my back scar and it had become a bit of a case of out of sight, out of mind. So here's how the conversation went. Person, do you mind if I ask what happened to your back? Me, I had a tumor in my lung that I had removed. Person, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. Me, thank you, I'm healthy now so it all worked out person. That's great to hear. Simple and done. And not really awkward either. I had decided that I was just going to be honest about myself and my body. I don't have the energy to try to create scenarios of how to answer people so that they don't feel uncomfortable or to pretend that this isn't my reality. On the whole, my experience is that people are very matter of fact about it. Some want to ask more questions. Some want to avoid and stop making eye contact, but that's not my problem. When I made the decision to become a cancer support coach, I knew I had to be really comfortable with rehashing these pieces of my life, sometimes with people I don't even know. Now, having said that, it took me years to get there. I remember back in 2017, my husband and I were on vacation and I was struggling with wearing a two-piece bathing suit. It was a very public venue and I had previously only been in my two-piece around the pool at my house. So I felt like everyone would be looking at my abdomen and be shocked by what they saw. When I told my husband this is how I was feeling, he said something along this line. If people are going to look, they're going to look. They likely won't because they aren't focusing on you, they're focusing on themselves. But if they do, they might recognize your scars as ones they have too, and they might think that you're really brave for not hiding them. Or they might be inspired to uncover their own scars. Or they might know exactly what happened to you and be happy for you that you're here. Either way, it isn't about them. It's about you and what you want to do. Now, this might not be an overnight process, but I hope you can get to this place too. It's very liberating. Now I'm like, bring on the questions. Let me tell you what you need to know so that you could start making changes to prevent cancer. Another piece is the changes that happen to your body shape. Breasts, limbs, missing or changed muscle tone, amputations, I'm going to be really honest and say that I can't speak a lot to this as I have very limited personal experience. My biggest issue externally is that my muscles in my abdomen are all misshapen and concave from my liver surgery. 
And with only half a colon and no gallbladder, I need to think about what I'm eating. But this is a far cry for me from those of you who've experienced significant surgical changes to your body. And I do not want to do you a disservice by pretending like I truly understand. I can only empathize deeply with what it feels like to have changes to your body and to present that in public. What I've learned is that this is a really big psychological piece, but also a significant physical piece. And again, the emotional and mental health piece is a whole other podcast episode. If you have visible changes to your appearance, you may find that some people look at you longer. And usually this is because they're curious and not because they want to upset you. People aren't really used to seeing people show or bear these changes and they might be just a little bit uncertain about it or a little bit curious about what has happened. This will gradually help you to feel better actually and I'm going to talk about this in a minute about how you can manage it to gradually feel better and to be able to get back to the things that you did before like going back to work or playing sports or engaging in hobbies that you've always loved. Physical changes to your body are going to impact aspects of your life. You may need to make changes at your workplace. You may have to buy new types of clothes. You may have to rewire your brain or learn to manage ghost pains and all of the pieces that come along with having lost a part of your body. This is a big one and really is something that doesn't need to be and I think shouldn't be navigated alone. You're going to need some time to recover from your treatment and to adapt to these body changes, especially if they're more permanent. All of the things that I've mentioned are the realities of life with cancer. No amount of consoling is going to change that your body is not what it was, may never be what it was, and is the version of you that you never dreamed would exist. But what is really important to start to find is ways to live with this new version of you. Now, for some people, that might require physiotherapy to retrain movement and mobility. For others, it may be seeking help to accept and grieve the losses, but also to learn how to appreciate survivorship. Loving yourself, celebrating being through treatment, finding ways to accept and navigate your life with cancer, and reintegrating into your old or perhaps even a new version of your life will help. In my cancer support coaching program, we spend time talking about this and all of the ups and downs that go along with it. And this includes, what do you say when people say to you, you look so good? I know people mean well, or honestly, that they don't know what to say. And talking to someone with cancer can be totally weird for other people. We know that. But complimenting you when you feel like shit and are struggling with body image doesn't always land well. And once again, you're left feeling like you need to make the other person comfortable while allowing yourself to feel uncomfortable. Now, on the flip side of that, some people may want to hear that they look good. They may just honestly need that boost, and that is perfectly fine. So from the, for the outsider, how do they know? And people really just want to make connections. And I think that truly they want to be kind and they want to be able to be compassionate, but they just don't know what to say. So the other day I was listening to a podcast and they talked about things you wouldn't say if someone, for example, had lost a family member. 
you wouldn't tell the grieving family member that they looked good despite what was going on in their life. That's just insensitive. So maybe maybe as a casual acquaintance, like you don't really know the person well enough to have intimate conversations with them, maybe it's best not to go down the road of talking about how a person looks. That's just my opinion. Because living with cancer has its own grieving process and can bring up some pretty strong feelings. And to hear words from someone that you don't really have a connection to might um, might trigger, quite honestly, an emotional response in you that you're not prepared to deal with. Now, if you have a closer relationship to a patient, that might land differently than it would from a stranger. It's really a tricky piece. And again, people want to demonstrate compassion and care, but maybe just leave out commenting about how a person looks good because you really don't know how they're feeling on the inside. Words are powerful and they leave a lasting impression. That's just my two cents on that topic. So something else that needs addressing is this whole fear around what are other people going to think? I'm not going to try to pretend that this isn't real. I said above that I've been through this myself. So rather than lingering on what they may say, let's dive into how you can manage your thoughts around this piece. Thoughts about what others are thinking can occupy your brain space unnecessarily. You may not think that you can do anything about this, but as a cancer support coach, I want to share with you that you can. I work with my clients around managing their thoughts and looking at why these thoughts come up and what they want to do about them and what they can do about them. Or maybe you're in the I don't give a fuck what people think stage. Hell yes, but let's just make sure that this is coming from a place of self-belief as opposed to anger because those are two very different places to be in and you want to be really clear if you are managing your stuff or if you are sitting in your stuff. Now heads up, This is work, but it will be so beneficial to you in the end. So let's run a couple of scenarios. Let's say you get invited to a party. Your brain might go to, should I even go because people are going to see me? And then you start to feel the apprehension and the overwhelm and the fear, and you spend hours thinking about it. And this inability to decide because of the thoughts about what others will think. And so what happens is this leaves you feeling less confident in your decision-making processes, which may already be a struggle because of other cancer-related issues like brain fog, and it can leave you fearful of what others might say or do. And then this can have a cascade effect as it chips away at your self-confidence. Now, another scenario, someone makes a comment about your scars, and you might think, do I say something or do I just let this go? And again, feelings come up out of these thoughts, and so you might start worrying about how others are going to think about you if you say something. But clearly they didn't worry about that, so now you're left sitting in this worry about responding. So your action might be to say nothing at all, which again can lead to a cascade of emotions that if you don't check them, if you don't check in with them, and if you don't manage them, can keep you stuck in a place of being more worried about others than your own health and happiness. And when you have cancer, that is not your priority. Your own health and happiness has to be your priority. Or maybe you tell them about the scar and why you have it. And you might be surprised. It might get awkward, 
but you've taken control of the situation and empowered yourself in your ability to navigate this piece of life with cancer, you might surprise yourself at how strong you really are. Or you might be surprised that they just accept what you've said and it's not even a thing. There are many different ways that body image can play out for you and just being able to understand how your thoughts are going to work will help you to navigate this piece. Because the energy that is put into worrying about how others are going to feel or what they're going to think doesn't serve to help you move forward. Your energy and your brain power is yours to use for healing and building your health. We can't control the actions of others, but we can control our own actions. Getting really clear on how you think and feel about your body is really important because then you can take the next steps to deciding how you want to present yourself, how you want to share your story with others or not, and how you're going to spend your energy. You get to decide. If you found this helpful and feel like there is so much more you would like to know about life with cancer and how you are not your diagnosis, I'm hosting a free three-day workshop from June 13th to 15th at 12 p.m. Eastern. You can join me through the link on my website, www.catherinewhite.coach. And I also want to come back to the idea that you can take control of your thoughts. You can learn how to manage your thoughts. And that's where coaching comes in. As a cancer support coach, I provide the space for you to talk through what you're going through. Although cancer is a personal experience, it doesn't have to be done alone. And what I know from my own experience is that sometimes you need a third party, a neutral person, and a voice of experience to help you sort through all the ins and outs. Sometimes that can't be your friends or your caregiver. They're already doing their best to support you, but it can be tiring for them too. That's why, as a coach, I can create a space for you to come and be in a place of openness and neutrality, where you can share how you are feeling and the thoughts that you are thinking. And together, we can explore your thoughts and feelings and help you discover how you can create your own version of living to thrive with cancer. If this sounds like something you would like to explore, you can find me at www.catherinewhite.coach. I would be so happy to get on a free consultation call with you and talk about cancer support coaching. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And may you live your life to your fullest, follow your heart, and thrive in all you do.